This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. And the pitch is swung on, hit the right field, hit deep. Whitefield going back at the track over his head and over the wall. Do you believe that? And 29 other MLB clubs. Ramirez with a drive to deep right. Away back. Goal. Go hey! It's a bomb out there by the Rocks. And boy, oh boy, this third inning is now showtime. It is a judgy in blast. All rise. Here comes the judge. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe. From humidors to spin rates to game-changing moments, we have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to A's Cast Live as we get ready for the A's and the Angels coming up here in just a little bit on A's Cast and the A's Radio Network. Got a great show for you today. One of my all-time favorites will be here, the great Mark Langston, a terrific pitcher in his time, left-hander, now a broadcaster for the Angels, the greatest San Jose State baseball player of all time, will be here at 415. Coach ball game at 430. And then David Force, your general manager of your Oakland Athletics, will be here at 5 o'clock. Ray, the karate kid, give us an update. Coach ball game, I've seen him on the uh, – on on the tweets with John Boy, what exactly? Co- I know he's affiliated with Major League Baseball. Yeah, so he's a play ball ambassador of Major League Baseball, and he's just fresh off a nationwide Sandlot tour. He just gets kids around the country involved in Sandlot games to enjoy the game of baseball. He's had some guests along the way. He had Rod Carew show up at a Sandlot game. He's done some things as well with Albert Pujols and the Chicago Cubs as well. So it'll be fun to hear the adventures he's had so far. And I think he'll be calling us at 4.30 through video from one of his Sandlot games. Uh, oh, he's actually at one of the games? Yeah, he'll be. he said he'll be in his car, but he'll be at one of his games that he's hosting today. Oh, that's awesome. By the way, so we're you know you know the great thing about what we've done the last I would say week or so, has figured out a way to do A's Cast Live differently. Like we are doing it different in the studios in San Francisco. Now this is the uh, A's Road Studio that we use for TV, radio, streaming. Uh, we found another way to do it. We sure this did. isn't that bad, huh? Yeah, it's pretty snazzy. So how so how do, does it sound the same? Everything sound the same? Yeah, everything sounds the same on my end. Everything's looking good level wise, and we're smooth sailing, my friend. I love it. Well, welcome, man. As we're going to be taking we're going to be taking you up to it's a weird start time. We kind of found that out last night because we're we're now used to a six forty start. Everybody in the business traditionally was seven oh five. You get a seven fifteen. 
uh, even as late as a 7.30. But, you know, once COVID hit and we started looking at different times, there were other teams that were doing uh, that were already doing it. I want to say they're in – in 2018 or 19, when I was with the ball club in Cleveland, it started there. They're obviously central time, but it started at 640 their time. And I remember going, wow, it is very interesting starting a game at 640 when there's still so much sun left. You know, usually it's like 7.05. We would start at 7.07 as the game started, even before it started hitting 8 o'clock. Sun's going down. Like later on this time of the year, the sun is already down. But starting it at 6.40 is great. But a 6.38 start time. Never understood, like, why six, not 6.40, make it an easy one. Let's make it 6.38. That's what we have going today with the athletics and the angels. You know, one thing that I want to talk about that I think is so interesting and I've kind of, and I'm going to get some answers on this that I do think that baseball has gone to a place that a lot of us and especially the fans, they don't know where it's gone. And it's very interesting, but yet they don't want you to know. And they don't want everybody else, their competitors, to know exactly where they all. Even though it's very hard to keep secrets, unless you're the Astros and you could be cheating, or maybe allegedly the Yankees and the Dodgers and the Brewers. I mean, but, you know, we're not pointing fingers at anybody. But where has really sports and baseball gone? with how you run your business and how you develop players, how you find players. Why do you pay players? Why do you get rid of players? Why do you play, pay players only so much? And over time, things have changed, right? We lived through the Moneyball era, which then led to a book that then led to a movie. But baseball didn't stop there. It's, it's, it kept searching for how do we get better? How, how do we make these better decisions? Better decisions hopefully win, win more games. Win more games generates more revenue. You win, you make money. The more you win, the more money you make. The more you com command for season tickets. The more you can command for luxury boxes. The more you can, can try and, and negotiate a, a better television deal all the different local deals that you have, when you win, you can start setting prices that you never set before. I think a great example right now is the Golden State Warriors. What their brand is worth right now, what they're able to do with their, port their partnerships, let's just call it corporate partnerships, is off the charts because they've won and they keep winning. And people want to go to that arena. People want to be associated with the brand. The brand sells. The brand sells itself. So that's what you want. You want to keep winning. Well, how do you keep winning? Well, I'll tell you what. You, you know, it was probably four or five years ago, whatever that award is for the best analytical franchise in sports, there actually is an award. Warriors won it. Yeah. Playing next door to the Oakland A's at the time. They were at Oracle. And here you're thinking of the A's and Moneyball and all of that. It was the Warriors who brought home that award 
I can't remember what the award is. Ray, maybe you can look it up and find it. But there's an award for the team that utilizes data and analytics the best. And they're honored somewhere like MIT or something like that. And I don't know if they actually get a trophy or whatever it is. But, uh, yeah, the Warriors want it. Everybody's using analytics. Every business. We live in an area that has the fastest, strongest growing businesses in the world. Right? That's what Google and Apple, you know, Amazon based not here, but does so much of uh, their corporate offices are also here, but also in the Pacific Northwest. But you just think of all of them. All Silicon Valley. Data. So baseball has been growing with this. And we'll try and see what David Force will give us. But I I brought it up a little bit yesterday, and I think it would be better for baseball if we actually got more of an idea of what they were doing. That's where football was brilliant. That's how football created things like hard knocks. That's why NFL Network has all these let, let let's put the cameras inside the locker room after the win. Let's let's hear from the head coach after the team wins. What does he say to the team? Who cares if he's got F-bombs? We'll bleep it out. This is the NFL. We expect that. This is the NFL experience. By the way, as that head coach is in the locker room after the game, talking to his players, guys don't have shirts on. I mean, it's you're inside the locker room. And fans can't get enough of it. Fans can't get enough of what's going on on the sidelines. They don't care about the language. They don't care how physical and brutal and just crazy the game is. They want to be inside the game. Why can't we have that in baseball? Well, because I think there are some teams that are so far ahead of other teams that they don't want you to know exactly what they got going. I want to give you an example. Well, first... What what I want I didn't get a chance to do this yesterday because we had technical issues, but so basically you're going to hear a lot about your R and D department, Karate Kid. Do you know what the R and D stands for? That'd be research and development. There you go. So everybody's got this research and development. Now it's behavioral science department. Everybody's got a department. So I yesterday just went and checked this out online. And there's a ton of these R&D, research and development jobs, you can find on Indeed. I got one right now. Data scientist, baseball research and development, Cleveland Indians. Salary is going to be between 111 and 141 k a year. Is Indeed's estimate salary for this role in Cleveland. Primary purpose. The Cleveland Guardians Baseball Research Deve- Development, R&D group, is seeking data scientists at a variety of experience levels, includes senior, entry level, and intern slash fellows. Prior experience with sports is not necessary. What? It's a major league baseball team. We don't care if you've ever even been to a baseball game. Have you worked for a team before? Have you been around our sport? No. Don't care. Because I don't need you to make technically baseball decisions. I need you to find me the data that helps us make baseball decisions. 
You will analyze video, player tracking, biomechanics data, as well as traditional baseball data sources like box scores to help us acquire and develop baseball players into championship caliber team. You'll work alongside the rest of the R&D data engineering and IT groups and interact with coaches, scouts, and executives from across the organization. The Cleveland Indians prefer our employees or teammates reside in Cleveland, Ohio, but will consider and discuss the possibility of remote work. We can also be flexible on start dates. So I don't care if you've ever worked in sports. I don't care if you've ever even been to a baseball game. And technically, you don't even need to live in the great state of Ohio. This is where our game is, folks. And it goes on to all these responsibilities and requirements and blah, 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 like every other job job posting. I can go down here. Here's an associate for baseball operations with the New York Yankees. Uh, by the way, San Jose State needs a gardener. I didn't realize that would come up in the search with Major League Baseball. Uh so if you're a gardener and you want a job with San Jose State, they're hiring. Uh, baseball research and development analyst opportunities with the Tampa Bay Rays, who are in St. Petersburg, Florida, even though they're called Tampa. Uh, I don't know how anyone's going to do this job, but according to the San Francisco Giants, they have a baseball operations analyst job. You can make between forty nine and 62000 a year. Then they, the Giants have a baseball operations associate analyst where you'll make thirty six to 46000 a year. On and on. Hey, the Angels. They're, hire, they're hiring a part-time social media graphic designer. There you go. Baseball jobs that are not even baseball jobs. That's where this is. It's a whole new world, but it's been, it's not really a new world. It's been happening for years. It's been happening for years. And I have a great story that I'm going to tell you coming up that certain teams, and Chris Bassett alluded to this, where he said, you know, the Mets have things that the A's don't to help players get better at the major league level, even though he said he really doesn't use them. But they have these things. And you're like, okay, what are these things? Well, different teams have stuff. And I'm going to tell you a story about a guy who used to play for the A's that was in trade talks. And the way the other organization wanted to address this player and on whether they would trade for him based on his willingness to change. I heard this. Converse about this conversation and a trading of this former A's player. I'm going to kind of keep it close to the vest and, you know, cause I was said, Hey, listen, don't be, I, this is, this is my line of work. I get everybody that tells me all this stuff, but yeah, don't say this on your show. I get a lot of, don't say this on your show. So I have to like didact, you know, like that, you know, when you see like, ah, oh, what did they take from Mar-a-Lago? And then they just crossed everything out in black. That's what I have to do with my own stories. So I will take the black marker and I will wipe everything out that I can't tell you. But it's about a former A's player that a team uh, was looking to trade for. And this is, a, this is not 
the A's looking to trade. He has now moved on to another team, going to get traded to another team. And it just goes to show, we don't know. We don't know what everybody's doing. We have an idea. That's why other organizations like to poach other organizations. Are we calling Mark Langston? We are, and we should have him right now if you're ready. Do we have the greatest San Jose State Spartan baseball player of all time? <laughs> I'm just just one of the one of the fine players that played at that awesome university. How are you, my friend? It's been a while. It's been a while. I am great. How are you? I'm doing well. You know, we we've uh, we had our old friend Chris Bassett here over the weekend, and he started talking about how you know the Mets and what's different about the Mets than, than the A's, and he talked about you know, how the Mets have some resources that the A's don't do to help guys at the big league level. So I just started, you know, going around with this research and development stuff, these R&D programs. And next thing you know, I ended up on Indeed, the job website. I, you, you know, Mark Langston, if you wanted to be in research, I could get you a research analyst job with like the, with the, with the guardians, with the, with the rays. And I'm looking at all these potential research data analyst guys. And they all say, you got to have no baseball experience. Boy, has this game changed from when you first got in it. No, amen to that. That is the truth. And uh, I think Joe Madden, I know he's got a book coming out, and, and I've talked with Joe a lot about that is, uh, you know, analytics has its place. There's no doubt. He embraces it. He was one of the first guys to really embrace the analytics stuff. He was doing that when he was here as, uh, as a coach for the Angels. And I've known Joe since 1980 when I was at San Jose State and I played on a summer league team in Boulder, Colorado, and Joe Madden wow. was the player coach. Uh, so I've known Joe since then, uh, and, and he has always been a quirky guy, even when he was uh, one of the coaches here with the Angels, as far as getting into things and seeing everything from a different perspective. Uh, and he was doing stuff and, and making charts and talking about statistical, where to put people, uh, the information back in the day. And uh, so he, he was the kind of the godfather of the whole thing. And he has talked about, hey, yes, I want it. I want all that information, but I want the baseball people to absorb it and let the baseball people take it and pass it on to the players and go from there. And, uh, and that's where he, he feels like it should stop and let the coaches and, and the personnel that are down on the field take that information and, and distribute it to the players where they feel needed. You know, I've been talking about on my show when guys want to get good at like blackjack, they'll buy these blackjack books and these blackjack books have these strategies and they tell you to never deviate no matter what's going on, no matter how many cocktails you have, no matter how many <laughs> chips you've lost, no matter what time of that, you never leave the strategy in blackjack. And I get a sense we're like that in baseball as the A's we're about to go a full straight year now without a complete game by a starting pitcher. It's never been done before in A's history. And you've got a bunch of teams that are not going to sacrifice bunt for the first time. We're seeing teams not even intentionally walk Aaron judge. Aaron judge doesn't even lead baseball and intentional walks. And he's got 60 bombs. It just seems like these teams have these strategies and no matter what's happening, good, bad, or ugly, they are not going to deviate from their plans. Do you see that? I do see that. I, I'm with you. I agree. Aaron Judge 
I mean, there's teams that are out of it that should pitch to them, but the teams that are in it, and I think you're seeing it in that Toronto series, Blue Jays have way too much to play for. They're not about to let Aaron Judge beat them. So uh, I, I do. I, I see that scenario play out to where these teams, uh, you know, in, in absolute, it's just screaming, bunt them over, and they never do that. And Angels are, you know, Angels are at the top of the league as far as sacrifice. They've done that a lot more. A lot of it was when, when Joe Madden was here. Even Phil Nevin, since he's taken over, has been, you know, has seized that. And I think that when you have been a player on the field and you know, this is where the analytical people, this is, this is the part where you hate saying, okay, you never play so you don't understand because the numbers are, are screaming one thing. But I know as a pitcher, when that guy's on first base, yes, he has my attention, but maybe not full attention. When he's at second, now I'm really paying attention to him. When he's at third base and less than two outs, he's got my full attention over there. So I know how... I, it changes almost the way you operate and the way you pitch to that hitter when you when that scenario occurs, where they don't see it like that. They're going, oh, we're going to give up and out. But they don't know how much the pressure that guy at third base in less than two outs puts on the defense, puts on the pitcher. Those are things that are they can't quantify that. Well, this job in Cleveland, it says that you don't have to move to Cleveland. Do you want me to apply for you so you can help them out? <laughs> You know, the Guardians, I played there. I love it. It's a fantastic place to play, uh, you know. And I'm into, I mean, as you well know, what you're doing prep for your show, doing prep for the game. I'm into it. I love looking at the numbers. I like yeah. crunching that stuff. But with that being said, I still like what I saw last night from the Angels. Patrick Sandoval was pissed for coming out of that game in the sixth inning. He gave Phil Nevin the, the stink eye, man, but he came out to take him out. And I loved it. I wanted to go down there and hug him and go, yes, that's the way you should be right there. You should never want to come out of these games because I've seen too much of these guys go five innings and they're happy with that. That's okay. You know, and I, I, I don't know. And again, you know, I'm the, the dinosaur of the group, but uh, I believe, and again, that's to me the manager it's the, it's the eyeballs. It's watch what you see. There, there's guys that are getting taken out. And I saw, it, I think, Dylan Bundy a few, maybe a month ago when he pitched a game uh, against the Angels here. He went five shutout innings. I think he gave up two hits and had 67 pitches. But third time through the lineup, uh-uh, yeah. he can't do it. So they took him out of the game. There was not one thing that, there was not one flag, not one thing that went, we need to get to the bullpen here. And as you well know, the more times that gate opens and somebody else trots in, that all it takes is that one guy to have that off yep. day, and and that game gets turned on its head. So, uh, if you can limit the amount of people that enter in in a in a day, you're going to be better for it. And and these guys will be better down the road if your pitchers, certainly your starters, can get deeper into games. That bullpen will be so much better. They will be fresher. Their stuff will be better. So uh, I'm a big believer in all that. And, I, and that's the sad part that I see in the game to where, uh, you know, they're taking guys out for no reasons whatsoever, other than maybe it's the third time through the lineup. His numbers are, are just completely skewed. But, you know, this is the one time where, hey, for, let's, let's run him through the third time through the lineup. Let's let this guy get some confidence to get through it. So. I was happy to see Patrick Sandoval not be happy last night coming out of that game. Yeah, I, I always love to see that. I mean, because too many times, 
I'm wondering, do these guys know they're fighting for their careers? You need to fight for your at-bats. You need to fight for your innings. You're fighting for your own career. As much as you work for these organizations, you only get one career. You might as well fight like hell for it. And what we're finally starting to see, because I knew this year would kind of be a tipping point, that there was always this, well, look at the numbers of the random bullpen guy coming in is better than the starter going through a rotate a rotation a third uh, a lineup a third time. But what we're starting to see since we're overusing these bullpens later in the season, yeah. the, 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 the numbers are getting even. And I'll tell you what, Mark, I've been around this for years now that, you know, you grew up in this area. We're around a lot of smart people up here in Silicon Valley and a lot of data people. Smart people don't like to be told they're wrong. Even when they know they're dead wrong, they don't like to admit they're wrong. But right now, a lot of these smart guys in baseball, they're starting to see that their bullpens are an absolute dumpster fire. And the remedy was always bring guys up, September call-ups from the minor leagues, new arms to help them. Now they don't have that relief. Exactly right. It's a perfect example. You'll see that one guy that you will have that has that special season out in the bullpen, but they beat that drum so much. That next year, that guy's not the same guy. You're like, wait a minute. Nobody could touch this guy last year, and now this year he can't get anybody out. And that guy's – you hit it on the head. It is your career – when you are a player, yes, you've got to follow the rules. But I remember, heck, my rookie year when I was with Seattle, Bill Crandall was our manager, and they were calling my pitches. And I never had that in my life, ever, ever. I never had somebody else dictating what I was supposed to do. Uh, and, and they wouldn't let me shake off. Uh, I had to kind of stay with that. And finally I had that conversation with Bill Crandall said, hey, you've got to let me at least have the ability to shake off and try something different. And he goes, and remember he told me, he pointed me in the chest. He goes, don't be wrong. That's what he told me. <laughs> and I, the next two starts, I went back-to-back shutouts after that. And it was like, it was the freedom of, I, could, I grew up reading bat swings. I saw your swing. I knew that I always tried to you know, get inside and see how quick you were inside. Once I could figure that piece of information out, then I go from there. Then it's like, Okay, it's quick inside, so maybe it's, I'm going soft on the outside part of the plate. And you have to adjust back and forth. Chili Davis was, is one of the best. And when he played here with the Angels, and we would sit after the games and maybe have an adult beverage and, and talk about the game, I learned more listening to Chili talk about hitting to Tim Sam and, and, and some of the young hitters, Garrett Anderson, with the Angels at that moment. And, and listening to his conversations talk about uh, what he was trying to do. And he looked at me and he goes, here's the deal. I can't cover both sides of the plate. I'm either hunting middle of the plate in or middle of the plate away. It's up to you to figure out which one I'm hunting this at bat. And he said, and it may change from a bat to at bat. And th- that's the thing that you had to learn as you learned it in little league. You learned it through high school. You learned it in those years at San Jose state. You learned that information of when I throw it, what's that swing looking like? How, is he on it? Is he off it? Can I just keep going to that spot? That part, a lot of that part is gone. It's missing. And I think that's, and it gets back to the instinctual stuff. And certainly uh, I would love to see the baseball instincts, but now I see it in Little League. You see it in Little League, high school, college, every step, all the instinctual stuff is completely taken away from these kids. 
You know, when I think about the Angels' year, yesterday I was doing the uh, A's pregame TV show with Dave Stewart, and the producer asked us a question, who's had the most disappointing years? Either the Texas Rangers or the Angels. Uh, Stu and I both both went with the Rangers after spending all that money, and John Daniels getting fired, Woodward getting fired. You know, your your president of baseball operations and your manager go. That's a pretty disappointing year. But then I was like, you know, you think about the Angels, and you brought Joe Madden back kind of to be the savior and to lead the franchise back to the glory years with Mike Sosha. You got Mike Trout. You, you got Shohei Otani, who's doing Otani's doing stuff that we've never seen before. It's just amazing. Rendon is a great player. Just how big a disappointment has this year been in Southern California for the Angels? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's a it's a run of disappointments because uh, this is a team that's it, it seems like it's built to win now every year. And when you talk about a guy like Mike Trout, and you talk about a guy like Shohei Otani, two icons of this sport. And you talk about a guy like Anthony Rendon, who was an absolute monster with the Washington Nationals. Now, Anthony Rendon's had the injury stuff, and that was a big part. Injuries have been a big factor of kind of why the Angels' season has gone the way it's gone. Uh, certainly, I think the pitching side of it, that's always been the big problem here, and they tried to address it in the offseason. They took a flyer on Noah Syndergaard, and, uh, you know, Noah Syndergaard was great. I, I liked watching Noah Syndergaard. He was a I think he taught a lot of the young guys a lot about pitching. He wasn't afraid to knock guys off the plate. But it wasn't the same Noah Syndergaard that they were hoping for. He just, the velocity was never got back up there. So they, they, they try to address a little bit of that, but it's some of their young pitching and stuff. That the pitching side of it has been on point. And you look at the Angels, the first thing you think about is, boy, the offense has got to be through the roof. And it hasn't been. And I think that's, that's, this thing has been built to bludgeon people and they haven't been able to do it. Uh, it it's amazing because you're seeing Shohei win MVPs, Trout win MVPs, and yet the end result is not there. That's the disappointing part when you have these two iconic players uh, that, are, that are at the top of their game. And certainly they missed Trout for a month, but things had already unraveled before that, before Trout went down. Um, so it was, uh, it's, you know, and a guy like Joe Mann, as you just mentioned, Joe is, to me, one of the, the better managers in the game of baseball because he will sit down and talk with people and, and, and get in their head. And to me, everything at this level is crawling in somebody's head and figuring out what makes them click and how can I motivate them, how can I get them, push them to maximize what you're going to get. And Joe was a wizard at that. So, yeah, it, it's, been, it's been a few disappointing years. There's no doubt about it. Let's end on this. When I heard about... Oh, potentially trading Shohei Otani. I said, get out of here. You know how much money that guy makes them? I mean, we can talk about the starting. We can talk about how great he is offensively. But in the end, this is a business. And the amount of money the Angels are getting from companies in Japan, I mean, this kid is a gold mine. I I can't even imagine. I don't care how many prospects you get. You're not going to replace him in, in your checkbook. Am I right? Is there just no way you can let this guy walk? He has to be an angel. Just not what he does in between the lines, but what he does for your bank account. For sure. I, I agree. I, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, it, it's the total package guy. 
Yeah, and to me, he generates more money than any other player in the game of baseball. And a perfect example is some of the autograph uh, stuff that we have down on the concourse here and the Otani stuff. And I asked the guy, I go, you know, how much Otani stuff moves, you know, like in a three-game series? And he goes, I'll give you a perfect example. There was a couple that flew in from Japan. The first night they spent $7,500 on some a Shohei autograph picture. The, the next night they came back, they spent fourteen grand on on different Otani stuff, autograph stuff. The next night they spent another seven grand on more Otani stuff. They kept coming back and accumulated that. That is one little tiny sliver of what this guy is able to generate and bring. Uh, it, it's unbelievable. Uh, and then you look out on the field and what he's doing. And again, I, I, you know, we're biased. Obviously, we see him every day. So we, you know, I, I, I know Aaron Judge has had an unbelievable year uh, and, and should. And, and, you know, he could be the MVP. There's no doubt. I don't think anybody would, you know, be mad at here in, in, in Anaheim. But certainly what Shohei's doing is off the charts. Uh, it's something that we've never, ever seen before. And I don't know if you'll ever see it again. So it's, it's quite special. And, uh, and he brings it on, on both ends. Always on the field. It's certainly uh, on the backside of it. So uh, I agree. I, I think, you know, with the Angels ownership in flux a little bit, uh, we'll see how this plays out. I mean, Shohei's a free agent at the end of the year. Will new ownership be in place to be able to try to convince him that uh, this is the place to be? Well, it's always an honor to have you on the program. We always appreciate the time before you're doing a broadcast, obviously, Growing up here in the Bay Area, in Santa Clara, as a baseball player and a soccer player. And, yes, I say it to everybody, and I even throw it into Kevin Franzen, the greatest San Jose State Spartan of all time, Mark Langston. You be well, and we'll see you for the uh, last three games of the season. Perfect. You got it. Anytime have me on. It's always great catching up to my solo step Spartan buddy. Take care, my friend. You got it, man. Anytime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Coliseum has gone by many names, but none better than the Last Dive Bar. Hi, everyone. Ken Korak here, and my friends at Last Dive Bar are helping us celebrate our longtime home. Last Dive Bar has the most unique merchandise for all Oakland baseball fans. T-shirts, sweatshirts, the Ray Fossey line, and my personal favorite, the lights have taken full effect. Visit their website at lastdivebar.com or follow them on social media at Last Dive Bar. All proceeds are invested back into local Bay Area charities. Go to lastdivebar.com. That's lastdivebar.com. The great Mark Langston, four-time All-Star, Gold Glove winner. He was, and and really, and I, this is something I don't want to bring up, but he was really one of the big cash guys early. You know, when you look back at those days, Right. We don't think of this now. Remember when like Ricky Henderson got uh, three million a year and Will Clark got this and then Jose got four and then Kirby Puckett got four 
you know, it was the race of three to four million dollars. Those were the first big money guys. I'm gonna get it for you here. Langston as a pitcher, as he was coming up, yeah. In 1991, when you start, you know, that's what I'm saying. If you remember the names back then, Mattingly got paid. It was Ricky. It was Jose. It was Will Clark, Kirby Puckett. Mark Langston got 3.5. That was huge money for a starting pitcher back in the day with the California Angels. When he got out of Seattle, he made 3.5 for one, two, three, four, four years. And then his last two years with the Angels was making five a year. He was one of the highest paid pitchers in the game. Why? Because his numbers, the guy was a fan. I mean, he's a fantastic player. Four-time All-Star, seven-time Gold Glove winner. Really cool. Do we have Coach Ball game ready to rock? We have Coach ready to rock. Here he is. Yes. Coach, okay. Where, 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 so I'm looking at this is a great way to put it. Coach Ball game has a unique ability to rally young players and then draw them into a game at a time when the game needs kids, Sandlot Baseball is back. Where are you right now? <laughs> I'm on the side of the road, man. I had to get in my uh, 2011 uh, Mitsubishi Outlander and find some good service because I've got a Sandlot in San Clemente today. But okay. my assistant coaches are running the show, and I uh, I just pulled off to the side of the road here and – I was kind of kind of dreaming about Mark Langston's mullet, man. He had one of the best of all time. Oh, that 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 waterfall off the back with that curveball. Remember how nasty he was? There were times I think he struck out the batter uh, with his curveball, and he picked a guy off second base with his mullet uh, simultaneously. <laughs> <laughs> so down there in Southern California, just talk about because I mean, obviously your partnership with baseball, you're all over the place. How did this all start, and what would just getting kids back into the essence of baseball? Well, yeah, I grew up in North Carolina, played college ball at Brown University in Providence, Rhode Island, and I spent the last 20 years in Southern California uh, kind of chasing my dreams. I, I, I've always loved baseball. I've always loved music. I've always loved uh, entertainment and, and working with kids, and uh, somehow I'm able to do all of that on a baseball field, I started coaching right out of college, and I spent my 20s in grad school, like watching different good mentors and good coaches, how they how they coached and how they coached with positive reinforcement. And, and instead of just teaching them to play the game, they would teach kids to love the game. And um, as I started to run my own camps uh, in, in my early 30s, I started to realize something. There was a problem in youth sports. I had kids coming up to me and saying, hey, I think I'm going to quit baseball. And I say, how old are you? And he'd say six. And I'd say, why are you going to quit? You're six years old. I didn't even start till I was eight. Well, I just had a bad experience. I had coaches that yell. There's too much pressure. Um, had another kid come up to me and say, you know, my travel ball coach won't let me play soccer. Uh, I got to play year round baseball. I said, how old are you, kid? He said, seven years old. So I said, there, there's a problem here, and, and I got to do something about it. So I've, I've basically created my own version of Little League or Travel Ball, and I call it the Sandlot. And, and it's about two things, build character and, and, and make it very, very fun. So fun that, that all kids of, of all backgrounds and skill levels will, will enjoy the game, love the game, and, and, and then, you know, 
want to go watch an A's game or an Angels game uh, because of me. Now, did you say you you went to Brown? Yeah, Brown University, Brown Bears, baby. All right, so uh, for for everybody out there, that's Ivy League. So who would have thought going to an Ivy League school, you'd be driving around doing interviews in your car going to Sandlot (laughs) baseball games? Yeah, well, I mean, it beats beats trying to audition for a – a McDonald's commercial in my twenties and waiting tables. Uh, you know, that that's what I was doing, but Hey, my parents, I, I got to give it to them. They didn't let me settle. I could have settled with that business econ degree and, and gone into a job that, that I hated. Uh, but they were like, please don't do that. Please fall in love with something and chase that. So I auditioned for acting roles. I played in 20 different bands as a drummer. <laughs> I waited tables in LA. And then once I met my wife, uh, and now we have two daughters here in Orange County, she said, why don't you do all of that stuff on a baseball field uh, and, and just call it coach ball game. So I bring a Cajon drum, which is this box drum. And I beat on that thing while I'm rattling off the kids' nicknames. That's the first rule of Sandlight. You got to have a nickname. I'll dress up and got to have a nickname. And and, and when these kids, when they, when they go home at night and and they say, mom, dad, I got the fun coach. I know that. And I've got this superhero uh, persona. I've got a nickname when I step on the field. I'm not Jimmy. I'm Captain America. I'm, I'm Jimmy bag of ribeyes. I'm, I'm lime Stewartson, you know, and, and they, (laughs) so they create this, this different world when they step on a field, got to have a nickname, got to be kind. And you got to have lots of fun. That's the three rules of Sandlot. Uh, and at no point are we keeping score. There's no uh, there's no win at all costs here. It, it I'm kind of pushing back against that narrative that has seeped into youth sports, which is get on the elite team, have the the the, the most expensive bat, and and win every game. Um, I think that's nonsense. I mean, I I didn't start playing until I was nine years old, and I really didn't learn how to play baseball until I was 17, 18. Uh, I love basketball and swimming and, and soccer, but I had coaches that, that taught me to fall in love with the game. So uh, that's what I'm trying to do, one sandlot at a time. All right, so you partnered with Major League Baseball in 2019, and I'm thinking about your, your play ball camps, and I just want to let people know. I mean, I most people probably don't care, but this is kind of kudos to you. Um Partnering with Major League Baseball is not easy. They're kind of a, they're kind of a, and I've worked in Major League Baseball. I've also worked in the NFL. And when you work amongst these behemoth companies, they're very protective of their brands and their brand. And they're very protective of everything they do. So this is partnering with them. Talk about that. It's not, what you have going, it's not easy just to say, hey, I'm coach ball game. I want to have fun. Send your kids here and boom, kumbaya. Yeah, huge deal, and I got to give all the thanks to my good buddy Joe Buck. Uh, I, I met Joe through a mutual friend. I mean, he his dad called Cardinals games for fifty years. He's called twenty five World Series, and when we got together, and he started to realize, okay, this guy brings a drum on a baseball field, and he teaches kids to love baseball. He was all in, uh, and you know, you know, then I'd, uh, I'd I'd show him some of the songs I've written, and these kids will go home and they'll sing these songs. So. He said, I got to get you in the door. And even for a guy that's got a lot of skin in the game like Joe, it took 
a lot of pounding on the doors, a couple trips to New York just to get me just to get me a, an audition, just to get me a, 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 a cup of coffee. But once uh, once they saw what I was doing and and it really is my comfort zone, you give me 50 kids who don't like baseball. That's my comfort zone because I am going I'm going to engage with them. I'm going to give them nicknames. I'm going to sing some songs. I'll, I'll, I'll tell them a story about Roberto Clemente or Jim Abbott. Um, and, and I got him, I, I got him, uh, uh, you know, I got him loving baseball. So, uh, he opened the doors and then I was, uh, I was ready to, uh, to kind of show what I've got once, once they gave me an opportunity and now they're keeping me busy. The, uh, the, uh, the last couple of years were tough because of the, the, the COVID, but now that it's yeah. back up and running, I'm. I mean, they're sending me to the, they sent me to the all-star game. I ran sandlots on the Santa Monica beach where my favorite player growing up, Andre Dawson shows up and I'm running a, a sandlot on the beach with Andre Dawson. Wait, what? Uh, you had the hawk on the beach? Are you kidding me? I'm telling you, man. And, and he was like, Hey, coach ball game. You tell any of these kids that want an autograph, I'll sign anything. I said, well, yeah. you're going to have to start with me. <laughs> I'm going to need you to sign my conga drum here. I have this conga everywhere I go. I, I get, you know, players to sign it. I got Albert Pujols to sign it. Mike Trout. We got Andre on there. Uh, King Griffey Jr. Lots of Hall of Famers. But I'll put this big drum in the on-deck circle. And these kids are pounding on this drum cheering for the batter. And it's called the on-deck drum. And, and it really livens up the field. And I, 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 I've been doing it so long now that it's kind of, to see somebody that watches it for the first time and they think that a guy on a drum on a baseball field is novel and, and i'm like oh yeah that is pretty novel that, that you don't really see drums on a baseball field what else has been surprising to be novel is just making the game about fun and making it about character and uh play ball MLB, it aligns with with the same thing just just get kids to love the game Use a softball, do it on a parking lot, wherever you can play, um, and then build their character. And I think you're you're going to be in, in good shape. So I'm very fortunate. I, uh, I'll be headed to New York City tomorrow to do some play ball with MLB. And and we'll go to uh, we'll go to Hawaii uh, and the World Series in the coming weeks. By the way, do you need any help? Sure. Come on down. No, I, I mean, I I, I'm willing to go to New York and Hawaii. I'm willing to tag along. I'll carry the drum. <laughs> deal. That's a yeah, deal. I'll you just need a drum. nickname. What's your I, nickname, Coach? My name, my, my nickname, since I played ball in college back in the day at San Jose State, my nickname's Townie. So I already got one. I'm ready to rock. Right, Coach Townie, I'll see you in New York tomorrow. So what's interesting about, like, what you're talking about with the drum and the fun, and we think about what's the one sport that we see every Saturday that is all about fun. It's tailgating. It's people having a good time. It's going crazy in the stadium. It's college football. And the first time I'd ever saw baseball from a college football standpoint, you're from, you're, you're from the South, right? So yep, you know North all about Carolina. You're all about, you know all about it. So we went, I've, I've twice been to Tokyo, Japan with the A's and when we played the Japanese teams and they have their own bands out in the outfield and they're rocking the drums and they're, and they've got the chance for each player. I'm like, this is like a college football game. 
No wonder everybody over here loves it so much. And I think about what you're doing and you're creating the fun. And I've thought like, wow, would that ever work in the United States or major league baseball game? There's like bands. We have bands at every college football game. There's bands, there's cheerleaders, all kinds of stuff going on. And I'm thinking about what you're doing is similar, kind of what I'm not too similar, but it is kind of like what they do in Japan where they make it an event. It's fun. It's true. We've made, we've made, We've made baseball three plus hours of walks, home runs, and strikeouts at a snail's pace. I don't know why. If I was a kid growing up, I don't know if I'd love baseball today because I, I, I'm fighting against it. I'm hoping for the new rules and everything, but I love what you're doing. You're making it fun the way it used to be. Honored, man. Yeah, I mean, I went to the World Baseball Classic, and I saw all these different instruments, and they're singing songs and doing dances, these different uh, countries that are playing. You know, you got – uh dominican republic and you got puerto rico and and they're they're they've got tambourines and they've got yeah. horns i mean literal little horns they're playing trumpets in the bleachers <laughs> and it's like this is an absolute party so i hope it's moving in that direction you know i don't know if you're familiar with the savannah bananas but they brought yeah. a lot of fun and entertainment to the game of baseball and hey how do you get kids uh to fall in love with something well you got to engage them you got to hit them on their level so uh, they're, they're not going to – not many kids are on the level of walk, home run, strikeout. They're on the level of music. They're on the level of poetry, catchphrases, uh, superhero, um, uh, what, you know, cartoons. You've got to get on their level, get on their playing field, and then maybe they'll, they'll see how great Mike Trout is. So that's my whole play is to teach them to love it. And, and, and really engage with them. I get to know each kid uh, and see how they tick. And then, okay, now I can figure out how to get them to fall in love with the game because of their love for plants or their, uh, their love for Batman. Uh, so, uh, you know, to any parents or coaches out there, uh, you know, uh, take the foot off the gas as far as trying to win every game. Uh, coaches, get to know your players, really connect. Uh, I interviewed King Griffey Jr., and I said, what's your one piece of advice for me? He said, connect. Connect with each player, period. So there you go. The website, coachballgame.com. That's coachballgame.com. I'm on it right now. Uh, I click events. You can register. Uh, I see you got the OC Sandlots. Obviously, that's Orange County. But you start looking around like, like if I'm a kid right now, obviously we're heading into winter and you can do stuff like out West where we are, but what, what can I look for like 2023? If, if I'm going to, cause we're going to have a lot, people will see this all over the place. And of course Absolutely. we're going to promote it. I think what you're doing is something that's fantastic for our game and for the future of our game. How, how do people contact you? Is it just the website and how do they know what the future for where you're going to be going? Well, definitely follow me on the socials. Uh, I post everything on Instagram and TikTok. And, uh, you know, I, I basically with TikTok and Instagram, I'll put videos up there and and uh, I'll get people that reach out from every state and say, hey, will you bring your sandlot to my state? And I say, how'd you hear about me? You came up on my TikTok feed. You came up on my Instagram feed. So follow at Coach Ballgame on the socials. We hit 30 different states in 2022. Uh, me and my wife and two daughters, we did a Sandlot tour uh, over the summer. We hit Milwaukee, Madison, Field of Dreams, Iowa, St. Louis, Nashville. I did New Jersey, uh, Georgia, South Carolina. Uh, I also hit Utah, 
I hit Florida every February for spring training. I hit Arizona every March for spring training. Awesome. Headed to Vancouver and Dallas uh, in the coming months. So um, just stay posted on, on the socials. And then coachballgame.com is where you can register for all these things. And then on top of that, I got my play ball duties, and, and they fly me around everywhere. So uh, frequent flyer miles, baby. Hey, you're living the dream. You're staying in the game you love, and you're doing it the way that you want to do it. You know, it's a lot. there's a lot of different ways to stay in baseball, and you've carved your own niche, and, and it's fabulous. Congratulations on what you've done and, and what you're doing is, you know, as much as, you know, I was reading earlier today uh, talking about data and research and all the different things going on in our game, and I've been reading these job postings where a bunch of these job postings are – you know, about analysts and all of them say you don't have to ever play baseball, no baseball. You just got to be a research data guy. You're bringing the fun back into the game. And I think what you're doing is very important. Honored coach Tanny. Thank you for, uh, thank you for having me on here. And, uh, you're speaking my love language with the words of affirmation. I'll keep it going, man. Well, let's stay in touch. And no matter what, at least I know we'll be back. Looks like we're going to be back in Arizona for our uh, – uh, so we put together the whole fantasy camp deal. We're going to be there in January. We'll be back for spring training in February and March. Let, let's get this thing face-to-face and talk more and uh, keep promoting what you're doing and try and make this as big. You're the type of guy that's doing something that everybody in baseball should try and make bigger. Honored. Uh, let's do it. Let's do it. You, I'm easy to find. So I, I think we, I think together with you on the drum and, and me on the microphone, uh, we would light it up. <laughs> Love it. You take care. You take care and we'll be in touch. All right, coach. Take care. Coach Ballgame. That's awesome. It's a great story. Go to the website, coachballgame.com. And really that's, I mean, if you're watching this now, you're obviously a baseball fan. If you're listening uh, on Ace Cast on the stream, you're a baseball fan. We need to start getting these younger kids to understand baseball is fun again. And I can tell you, I think baseball is in a better place than a lot of people think. I might be biased because I live right across the street from a park that is the majors, minors, and whatever they call the T-ball kids league. I don't know. Um, But I have Little League Baseball right outside my house. Anytime I want, I can walk over with my girls and go to the snack shack. I get corn nuts, ice cream, nachos, support. I got my buddies. Kids are all playing across the street. But across the street from where I live is where Mark Canna played. Across the street from where I live, Kevin Franzen, all kinds of big leaguers, that grew up in San Jose, played Little League across from my house. And I can tell you, every Saturday morning, you hear the ping, ping, and you hear everybody yelling. Right now, the baseball fences are down, and now they're into soccer, which is the worst. Soccer parents, you just hear them yelling. They just, they're, that's how close I am. When I say I'm across the street, I literally mean it's sidewalk, street, dirt track, park. I, I could hit. Not even a sandwich. I get it my 60 degree and flip it over there. That's how close I am. I guess you'd have to really know golf to understand that. Let's just say a sandwich. I'm that. I'm less. I'm. I'm like. I'm like 30 yards, and to hear them yell, it's just so annoying. 
But coming up now, and by the way, support this guy. I think he's fabulous. Coachballgame.com. You can learn all about it. Coaching clinics, uh, the sand lots. Obviously, his connection with Major League Baseball, as he said, they're flying him all around. And it's it's to uh, promote our game and make our game fun again. And he's got, I mean, the amount of people that he has worked with and been a part of is very, very special. So, Karate Kid, that was a very good get. And uh, we'll be really cool to see him in Arizona. If we can make that happen, if he's there at the same time that uh, we're there, to have him uh, on Ace Cast Live again and do it, maybe we could find where his sandlot is. And that's the great thing about our show now is we're mobile and we can go anywhere and film anywhere we want. So, that could be uh, – I think that's something we could definitely dial up when we're down for spring training. Yeah, sky's, yeah, the, limit. sky's the limit. And when I was talking to him, I couldn't get fantasy camp. I'm like, I, I couldn't come up with the word. Now where we get together in January and players pay to go – guys, go down to pay. I couldn't like – and then it hit, boom, fantasy camp. Fantasy camp. Fanny camp fantasy camp's awesome. We're going to have a lot of news coming up on that. But we're going to talk to the general manager of your Oakland Athletics, and I just think it's interesting. Like, what does he think? I don't really have time for the story. I'll probably do it after. It's a story about a former A's player that is getting traded and how how the other team wanted to go about trading for him. And they, they were like, we need to know he's going to be willing to do a bunch of this stuff or we don't want to trade for him. And so the team that's trading him has to go and say, hey, or hey, so-and-so, are you going to be willing to do all this? Because if not, then they don't want to trade for you. It wouldn't be good for them, for us. It was an interesting trade. But we have so much cloak and dagger. Put it this way, it's like NASA. You got a rocket. And inside these organizations, let's say NASA's the Dodgers. And the Dodgers have this rocket that they're trying to send in the space. But they have all these departments that work on the rocket. But not everybody knows what everybody else is doing. You only know what you're doing for the rocket. That's what's happening. Because they know their guys, their their, their data analyst, you know, their research and data guys are going to get poached by other teams. So they don't want these lower-level guys to know everything that's going on. There's secrecy inside organizations. We don't want you knowing everything about the rocket. You just need to know about this part of the rocket. Because if, let's say, Kansas City comes in and steals you, they don't, they're intellectual property. They don't want Kansas City now to know everything that the Dodgers do. We've got some interesting stuff going in the game. Let's hear from the general manager of the athletics. What do these games right now mean to him for the offseason, seeing these players? We have a lot to get into with David Forrest, the general manager of the Oakland Athletics, next right here on A's Cast Live. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
The Coliseum has gone by many names, but none better than The Last Dive Bar. Hi, everyone. Ken Korak here, and my friends at Last Dive Bar are helping us celebrate our longtime home. Last Dive Bar has the most unique merchandise for all Oakland baseball fans. T-shirts, sweatshirts, the Ray Fossey line, and my personal favorite, the lights have taken full effect. Visit their website at lastdivebar.com or follow them on social media at Last Dive Bar. All proceeds are invested back into local Bay Area charities. Go to lastdivebar.com. That's Last Dive Bar. A's Cast Live continues from the town. Here's Chris Townsend. All righty, game two of the three-game set coming up here between the Athletics and the Angels. And we'll be Adrian Martinez against Michael Lorenzen. We're going to have the GM of your Oakland Athletics, David Forrest. Is David by chance here? We should have him. I'll bring him in right now. David, how are you? Tony, what's going on? Nothing, as we're just kind of playing out the rest of the season here. But we know how big these games are for someone like yourself where – you're bringing up these certain players. You're evaluating these players. Just talk about from a front office standpoint, how important these games are for guys to put that final impression in your mind as we head into the offseason. Well, I think Cots always likes to say you're always playing for something, and there's no doubt that there's a lot of guys on the roster right now who are uh, playing to stay in the big leagues, playing to make an impression, playing to make the roster for next year. Um, I mean, it's kind of fitting. I'm, I'm in the Phoenix airport right now, heading back from instructional league. And uh, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't that long ago. Some of these guys were, were down here as part of this program. So you've seen how we bring up, you know, some of the young guys this year and given opportunities. Um, so yeah, obviously, you know, the, the record is what it is, but there's a lot, a lot, you know, on that 28 man roster right now to play for. You know, Mark was recently on the Mark Kotze show talking about speaking with the guys at Instructional League where he wanted to leave them with a message saying, you may think you're a long way away, but you really aren't a long way away. Do you try and have that same message with these guys down in Arizona? Yeah, it's it's very true. I mean, if, if there's anything we've learned this year, you know, with with a lot of the roster movement, with the opportunities that guys have gotten is that, uh, is that you're never that far away from the big leagues. And, and you know, whether it's double A, triple A, wherever you are, we're watching. Uh, I think Mark wanted to get that message across that we, you know, we, we're watching every night. If we're, if we're not on MILB TV, we're, you know, we're texting with the coaching staff and the Rovers who are there. We're reading the game report the next morning. And, um, you know, I, I don't think we've frankly had a manager – uh, as involved as Mark is in keeping track of the minor leagues and communicating with the staff down there and actually communicating directly with the players. I know, you know, I know a lot of our minor league players have gotten calls from him in the last month or two, letting them know that he, you know, he's reading the reports and, and keeping an eye on them because, you know, we've, we've shown that, that anybody at this point, um, you know, if you perform, you're a candidate to be in Oakland. Yeah, and that's one thing that that I've always appreciated being around this for as long as I have been. It's like, you know, it's not this traditional, oh, he's blocked, he's never going to get a shot. I mean, it doesn't matter how you acquired the guy. It doesn't matter if you drafted him, you signed him, you traded for him, however you got him, 
once they get here, they perform, they're going to have an opportunity. Just how big is that to be able to say that to these younger guys and also to be able to say that to guys you sign who are free agents? Yeah, well, it's really impactful when I think when it comes from the manager um, because there are a lot of places where, you know, the manager's focused on the major league team, understandably. He's got he's got his hands full day-to-day, you know, 162 times, and there's a lot going on around him. But, but like I said, I've been – I've been impressed with how tied in Mark has been in the minor league system and how passionate he's been about doing things a certain way from top to bottom. So, um, so it is, it is a message that Ed Sprague can give to these guys at Instructs. It's a message that we can go out in the minor league free agent market, the major league free agent market and say like, there's, you know, there's an opportunity. This is always, always been a meritocracy uh, here in Oakland. You talk about, it doesn't matter how you get here and you, you know, you obviously look at the team out on the field and there are, you know, there are guys who were drafted and made their way through our system, which uh, we're always very proud of, but there are also guys who were signed as minor league free agents and in Jared Koenig and Dermot Garcia, there are guys who were traded for in, uh, you know, in Waldachuk and Sears and all are in the rotation. And it takes, you know, it takes every one of those guys to put together uh, any any major league team, and, and as you've seen with the successes in the past, there there certainly are playoff and championship teams put together through all those legs. Do you think that's something from a, a we talk about the new style managers, these guys that are coming uh, up now into the big leagues, that they will be more in touch with what's going on in the minor leagues? You see that this is going to be a part of the future of a manager's responsibilities. You know, I, I can only speak for our own experience, and, and I think a lot of it for Mark comes from his his journey uh, through the big leagues. You know, he's not a guy who spent a lot of time in the minor leagues. He was obviously a, a star coming out of Fullerton, a first-round pick, got to that Marlins big league team very quickly when they won the World Series in 97. Um, but then he also, you know, experienced kind of exactly what we're going through right now in his first year in the big leagues with the Marlins team that's, uh, you know, they traded a bunch of pieces after they won the World Series. And I think he, you know, he really believes that all the things he experienced in his career, winning, losing, injuries, being traded, these are all things that he has to, to pass on and to teach. And, um, and that goes all the way through the system. You know, when I think about your system right now, the only people playing are AAA, and there's a lot of great stories going up and up there. I don't want to ask you about every single player, but when I look at Soderstrom and how he continues to thrive, Geloff is thriving with power. Kevin Smith, it's great to see. I don't know what happened to him and why he fell off so much, but he's really finishing strong there. Can you just talk about some of the really good stories that are going on with the Aviators right now? Yeah, they, uh, you know, they finished up this afternoon uh, against Sacramento. And uh, I think Tyler just missed out on his 30th homer and Geloff missed out on his 20th uh, on the season. But both those guys came up and, and got a little taste. And, you know, Mason Miller also was there. Um, but Smitty, Kevin Smith has really been the story there over the last month. Uh, you know, I'd be shocked if he's not AAA player of the month in September. Just really turned his season around. And it was obviously, you know, a rough a rough go for him in the big leagues with us. He had some expectations coming off that trade and just never quite got going with the bat. Um, and it really took a long time in AAA for him to work through, work through some things. And 
make some mechanical changes to get back to where he was in AAA last year. And, uh, and man, did he have a great September. I think, you know, 10, 10 homers, I think, in a month, a couple couple games where he hit for two homers apiece. And really exciting to see him finish the way he did and, and sort of do what we, what we thought he might when we made that trade. Now back to the big league level, and I think about really since August, but we'll stay with September. Seth Brown has just been phenomenal. And what we have seen from him, the powers there, obviously the eight home runs in September, but we're seeing more contact. We're seeing more hard contact. We're seeing batting average. He's hitting almost 300 this month. And, you know, for all the people that hate batting average, when you do hit for average, that means everything, all your numbers go up. So not just not just the power, but everything else has gone up for him. He's been so versatile that he even got him playing in center field. Just talk about this second half for Seth Brown. He's really developed as, uh, as, frankly, one of the leaders on the team. And I know Mark has relied on him and talked to him a little bit about stepping into that role. But, um, but you know, you don't get to that, that spot without performing first. And, and that's what he has done. Uh, I mean, you mentioned batting average. He really has put the ball in play more. I think he'll probably be uh, one of the guys to benefit the most from the shift rules that are coming in next yeah. year. Um, we've known the power is there. Um, and he's performed against left-handed pitching, too. I mean, when you perform, you get opportunities. And he's earned the right to stay in the lineup against left-handers at times. And he's really, you know, he's really grown in that way. So it's it's been fun to watch the second half. And we saw it a little bit at the end of last year. And then uh, the second half seems to be his time. I know I know a lot of this coincided with the birth of his child. And a lot was made of, uh, of the power he showed after that. Hey, whatever it takes, you know, Seth is – He's done a great job in the second half and really, you know, put him in position to be, you know, one of the, the guys we're excited about returning next year. We saw Jordan Diaz hitting double A. We saw him hitting triple A. I know he's 22, but I said, let's see him. If he fails, you know, he's going to start in triple A next year. Anyway, are you surprised at all how much he's hit so far? <laughs> he sure he's found a way to find his hits for sure. Uh, no, I'm not surprised because that's his game. He's, you know, he's going to be aggressive. You know, I think we saw in that first game against Houston, he swung at eight of the nine pitches that he saw his first night in the big leagues when a lot of guys are, are hesitant and, and sit back a little bit. That wasn't who he was. And, uh, he's going to go out there and make contact. And, uh, and he's taking advantage of this opportunity, which is exactly what you want for, from a young player. You don't want a guy sitting in there taking pitches, hoping he, hoping he walks or hoping, you know, he, you know, he finds a way on base. Jordan's gone out and grabbed it. Uh, and it's been really fun to watch. You know, Connor Capel, when I was reading about him, you know, it made me think of like when I was a kid watching ESPN and the college world series as, you know, his father, I didn't know his father, but I sure knew Roger Clemens and Calvin Chiraldi back on that national championship team. And the Rockets is Godfather. I'm like, that's pretty cool. And then I'm watching him play and I'm like, you know what? I don't know what happened in St. Louis, but this guy does not look overmatched. He looks competitive. I know the stats are really good early, but he looks competitive. You know, what have you seen so far in him, and what do you think his future could be? I think we're, you know, he's in a similar situation to Jordan, where he got an opportunity and he came out, came out swinging, and uh, and he made some hard contact, he made some good plays in the outfield. He obviously 
like you said, he's got, you know, the bloodlines. His dad was a great pitcher as part of those Texas teams. And, um, and you know, he, he he's a guy who you take a chance on on waivers because someone else runs out of 40-man spots. Uh, and you hope, you know, you hope they take advantage of it. And it's been, you know, he's had a couple of really good nights, a couple of big hits and earned himself some playing time down the stretch and certainly earned himself a, a chance to stay on the 40 man roster. You guys have been phenomenal at this where you kind of, you take a guy that someone else doesn't need, or there's some reason why he's not going to end up making it in the big league roster. You've found so many guys that have had a little taste or about to have a taste. I could just raffle off from Brandon Moss to Mark Canada, all these guys. Why is it that you play and you find guys and guys that can be very competitive and win a lot of games for you. Why do you think you've done so well in this space? Well, there's a few things. I, I think we do a really good job. Our pro scouting staff covers these guys all season. They know they're out there looking for exactly what you just said, guys who need an opportunity, who, need, who just need a chance. Um, they do a great job scouting. Our, our group in the office you know, breaks guys down. We're not afraid to take chances. Um, as a group, and, and you know, I'll give a lot of credit to, you know, to the analysts in our office, you know, Pike, Sam, David, Ben, you know, all these guys are, are willing to put their sort of neck out there to, to say, let's, you know, let's put in a claim, let's make a trade. Um, and then we have the opportunity, right? You know, like, I, like I've been saying all along, you, you got to have the at-bats, you got to have the chances and, and the patience to let guys, uh, you know, let guys take their chance. And, and then, yeah, that's how you end up with you know players who end up sticking here for years and, and the names you came up with there's some some really good ones some guys who contributed to playoff teams and you hope that the guys who are here now getting some more opportunities turn into that you know when you're the leader of the franchise you know sometimes you you got to play a little rah-rah and you got to keep everybody's dauber up so, you know, when we're talking to you about this season, obviously I know how competitive you are. I know you hate losing, but give us a positive about this season, something that that you see some growth and you say, you know what, I understand what the record is, but going forward, this is something we can hang our hat on. Oh, I mean, there's no shortage of those, Chris. You're, I mean, you're right. The, the, the losing is not fun and there have been some rough nights and games that we thought we should win, and, and, and that's been rough, but there – I mean, honestly, I don't think you have enough time on your program for me to list the positives. Um, and it starts with the manager. I think Mark has done an outstanding job this year. He was put into an incredibly difficult situation um, for his first time managing um, with a group of guys that he knew was going to be, you know, constantly changing over the course of the season. And, and you, you, you've seen it, you know, in our play the last few nights. At no point has this group kind of mailed it in, you know, not, not overall, not on any given night. And I think that's something to be really proud of. It's something that says a lot about Mark and the respect that the guys in the clubhouse have for him. Um, and then the experience he's gotten this year has been invaluable. You know, he's created processes within the clubhouse, within the coaching staff. We've had conversations between the front office and that group that will absolutely help us going forward. So, uh, you know, it's easy to say that's, that is the biggest positive. But there are so many individual stories um, and, and individual things on any given night that, uh, that you can point to and say, hey, there's something to build on. There's something to learn from. So, um, yeah, no one, no one has enjoyed the overall record and, and you know, the, the nights when you, you come out with an L. 
Um, but you'd be crazy to not watch this team and see where the positives are. Yeah, let's end on this because I, I know you got to board a plane. Uh, you know, I get there really early because we start A's Cast Live hours before first pitch. So we're prepping. So I get to see when nobody's in the stands, nobody's in the dugout. I get to see all the extra work, all the extra work that's helping with, going with the hitters, all the extra work going on with the pitchers when no one else is around. And I think you got to be not only proud of your skipper, but very proud of your co- coaching staff because there's hours and hours and hours of work that they're putting in with what? There's been 64 guys, I think, this year. The amount of time the coaches have put in this year, you got to be really proud of. For sure, for sure. And, and we could go down the list there. Eric Martin's putting in his program with the infielders. Emo and Marcus Jensen out in the bullpen every day with, with the pitchers. And then Marcus back out again before game time, working with the catchers down in the pen. Um, and you see Aldo out with the outfielders. And, and yeah, the list goes on. Bushy at third base. So, um, no, it's been a great group. They've worked hard. You know, Mark's done a great job managing that group. But, yeah, it's just another another long list of things that we'll take away from the season to, to build on. But you're you're absolutely right. Those guys those guys work their tails off. Great stuff. Have a good flight. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, Chris. David Force, the general manager of your Oakland Athletics. Yeah, that's no matter what, right? We can sit here and we can look at fifty six and ninety eight. But I'm telling you. Like, I get there normally about 2 o'clock. 2 o'clock's way before batting practice. It's way before, like, anything's going on. And you'll see, they're out there taking BP. Guys are working. That's how I knew Caprillion, when Caprillion had been sent to the bullpen, supposedly. Remember, he went but never pitched out of the bullpen. But Caprillion was going out there early, every day working on stuff. And the only way you see it is if you're out there. And it's just, I mean, I wouldn't be out there that, if we didn't have Ace Cast Live, I wouldn't be out there at 2 o'clock. Because normally you'd be sitting out there just looking at an empty stadium. But when you've got a team that's like this in transition and young players and older players trying to hang on and be the best they possibly can be, you've got a ton of extra work. You know, it's funny the way the Coliseum is. When we walk through the tunnel and we first go in and you get probably about, I don't know, about 30 yards in, you, you go by the batting cage. And that batting cage is actually where you saw the Raiders head coach would talk to the media after the football games. A lot of people don't know this, but if you actually go back and you look at like, you know, a Del Rio or a John Gruden or whoever, the batting cage would be sucked behind them. Well, during baseball scene, you bring that baby out. So when we're walking in, you're hearing crack, crack. And that's like 145, 2 o'clock. Game's not till 640. I get up there at 2 o'clock. I have lunch. You know, some days Ray's there. The commander's there. And we'll all be sitting there out there. And they're out there busting their tails. I mean, that's one thing. You can look at 56 and 98. But there's no way you can't say that these guys haven't busted their ass. They've busted their ass. You know, because other teams, I've heard of other teams, especially guys with guaranteed contracts and making a lot of money that they're like, yeah, 
the end of the year, what does it matter? You got two weeks left. You know, they're thinking about their vacation. They're they're thinking about the end of the season. They don't care about the old back of the baseball card. They just want to finish out the season. Get out of here. It's a loss. It's a wash. I got two years left of my contract. What do I care? Well, you don't have that here. You got everybody literally busting their tail. I respect that. Do I like 56 and 98? You think I want to be doing shows like this before? I got, a, I got what, 10 minutes to figure out how to connect to Robert, and then I got to go pump this game up, and then I got to watch this game, and you guys all go to sleep, and I got to do the postgame show tonight. I do three shows a day promoting this. You think I want to promote 56 and 98 at this point in my career? Hell no. But it is what it is. I had somebody yesterday, I'm not going to mention his name, longtime guy who's worked in sports from Philly who said to me, he goes, you know, you know, people from Philly, yeah, you know, I really have a bad Philly impression, so I'll stop right there. But he was like, you guys have played well the last few years, been in the playoffs. Hell, Phillies haven't been in the playoffs. Yeah, you start looking around like we can be woe is me, but. We've had a lot better than other people. Three straight years in the playoffs. Got to the playoffs in the COVID year, which was miserable, but still got to the playoffs. Won a, won a round. Last year, won 86 games. We're in it. You know, traded for Marte. That was fun. Yeah, we're going to have to take it in the shorts for maybe a year or two. That's the way it works. I wanted to, and I know some people are going to say, well, you didn't ask about the research and the R&D thing. I didn't realize he was going to be in the airport. I'm going to save that for when we're face-to-face on the field or he's in his office because it's going to be – I, I, this is – it's not a touchy subject. It's just a subject that these guys, for instance, a former A's player. How much time do I have, Karate Kid? Yeah, about six minutes. All right, let me put the stopwatch on here because you know I'll go over. That's what, you know, the TV people, they're like, man, you talk a lot. Because they're used to guys who can't talk. To where, do you realize the pregame show on NBC is only 19 minutes? Yes. Yeah. I go a half hour to start our show without a commercial usually. It's 19 minutes. And I'm not even talking. I'm just setting up school. You know how easy it is to do 19 minutes? Okay, so former A, playing for another team, is getting traded to the Astros. I know this right from the source. Astros say to this general manager, all right, we're going to want to change things with this player. And we're going to want to do, they, they didn't tell him exactly what and how, but they did tell him part of exactly how they were going to do it. And they wanted that GM to go to the player to find out if he was going to be willing to do this, whatever X, Y, and Z was, you're going to have to be open for change. Now, they're not going to tell you exactly how they're doing it because that's their intellectual property. But they wanted that player to agree before they made the deal that he's going to be open to doing certain things and changing. So he's blindly, in a way, agreeing to... 
you know, you might say, this is how I hit. This is how I got to the big leagues. This is how I've succeeded. But the Astros say, we're going to bring you here onto a winning team. But you're going to have to be willing to change. And this is the part of the game you're going to have to be willing to change. Will you do it? And the player had to agree or the Astros were not going to do the deal. I, I don't know if that happens all the time. I just know for this player, that's what went down. He agreed. Astros traded for him. Now, he's a former A, but he wasn't with the, this wasn't with the A's when it happened. Because the Astros, as we have found out over time, they have bought into certain things that other teams haven't. So I'll just give like a real basic one. Like a company approaches you about their software and virtual reality. And so you put on this virtual reality headset, and this allows you to see pitchers, see how the ball comes out of each pitcher's hand, and you can stand there and simulate with these goggles or whatever on. And our technology for $100, obviously it's not $100, but you know what I'm saying. It's like 100 bucks. And we give you the technology and we give you people that teach you how to collect the data from this technology, how to implement the data with the player in this technology, right? When I'm reading you that job application for Cleveland, it's about we end up working with players and implementing the data with players. There's this whole secret society of stuff going on in our game. Some teams do some stuff, some teams don't. And they're paying for stuff that's outside of their organization that I would love to know about. And I think if we could have like a data show on MLB Network or here on A's Cast where we got to take our cameras in and what are you working on and what are you doing? They're not going to allow it because it's their intellectual property. They're trying to protect. This is this is one of our strengths of the Houston Astros. We can take your player and make them better with my, our technology. We're not going to tell you what it is because then you just do it with the player. And why would you give me that guy anyway? Justin Verlander admitted he learned things by going to the Astros. Well, what are they doing? We don't know. Some people know. I'm trying to find out, too, what the A's are lacking. Ever since Chris Bassett said, hey, the Mets got some stuff the A's don't. Well, what, what exactly is it? You know me. I'm going to find it. I'm already hot on the trail. I have found the right people to go to and ask. Took a couple phone calls. I want to know who doesn't have what? Who's got this but doesn't have that and why? And what's the cost? What has to happen? What has to happen for everybody to be on the same footing? Because I'm of the belief that in the NFL, everybody's kind of using the same technology because the NFL rolls that way. The NFL only allows you to use the technology that is partnered with the NFL. Yeah, you don't go rogue on the NFL. Well, hey, we're the we're the Cincinnati Bengals, and we've been offered this. Yeah, the NFL has to approve it. <laughs> that's that's how the NFL rolls. Everything goes through the mothership. You don't go rogue. You go rogue, you get in trouble. The shield always protects the shield. Remember that. But baseball, everybody's gone rogue. So I'm going to try and find this stuff out. Like just investigating, finding out, look at all these different jobs that are being posted about baseball, about jobs in baseball where you got to know nothing about the actual, the actual, the actual team. 
Hell, you don't have to live in the city. You got to be somebody that's very good at data and collecting data and analyzing data. It's going to be something I'm going to work hard on this offseason because it's not the Bill James analytics for for fantasy baseball, folks. It's far more in depth, and we're going to get to the bottom of it. Thank you to everybody who stopped by A's Cast Live today. When I think about the great Mark Langston, always an honor to have him on the program. We'll replay that tomorrow in A's Total Access, brought to you by Chevron. Coach Ball game was fantastic. And, of course, the general manager of your Oakland Athletics. Coming up next, A's Total Access. We'll get you ready for the A's and the Halos. We'll go down and talk to Vince Catronia at the Big A. That's all coming up right here on A's Cast, and then, of course, the A's Radio Network. We'll see everybody tomorrow at 4 o'clock. The Coliseum has gone by many names, but none better than the Last Dive Bar. Hi, everyone. Ken Korak here, and my friends at Last Dive Bar are helping us celebrate our longtime home. Last Dive Bar has the most unique merchandise for all Oakland baseball fans. T-shirts, sweatshirts, the Ray Fossey line, and my personal favorite, the lights have taken full effect. Visit their website at lastdivebar.com or follow them on social media at Last Dive Bar. All proceeds are invested back into local Bay Area charities. Go to lastdivebar.com. That's lastdivebar.com. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.